Sing Second Nation. Welcome back to another episode of the Sing Second Podcast. Today, we get ready for week one's matchups. Um, I thought this week we'd start off by, you know, taking a look at the top five matchups to watch, but it wouldn't be truly a podcast that involves uh, the Sing Second staff without a couple of small school um, teasers, if you will. And so I, I, I have three games that I will be watching, and I'm going to see if you would be interested as well, um, that are outside maybe the norm of what uh, would be the top five if you're looking at this slate. Uh, one of my first teasers, if you would, uh, is a Friday night game. And that's South Dakota State at Iowa. Um, South Dakota State's preseason ranked number two in the FCS. Uh, they're the real deal. Uh, that spring season, the COVID season, they lost in the national championship, had a great team. Um, they are going to be a force to be reckoned with in the FCS this year. Uh, and hopefully we'll challenge North Dakota State to um, a, a Missouri Valley championship, but also for that FCS playoff championship as well. Uh, a big part of Nebraska high school recruiting. There's always some Nebraska Jacks, as they like to call them. Uh, a lot of athletes will commit to South Dakota State up up there, um, and they play pretty darn good football. Uh, Iowa, obviously, is going to have a strong defense. They always do uh, under Kirk Ferentz. He's been there forever. But QB struggles have loomed Iowa the last couple of years. Uh, Petrus is their their starting quarterback, and yes, uh, he should have a bounce-back year, but last year uh, really struggled at times and, and held that offense back. Um, defenses could load the box, and uh, Goodson was their running back, and he averaged like 2.3 yards per carry, um, which is pretty impressive when defenses know that they're going to uh, really lock in and uh, try and stop the run. A second game that I am intrigued by, is a, another FCS uh, matchup, this time FCS versus FCS. It's a Thursday kickoff on ESPN+. Plus. If you have the Disney Plus bundle or the Hulu bundle or whatever combo of bundles that you may have, um, and that entails Kennesaw State, uh, the Owls of Kennesaw State at Samford. Um, and the reason why I really enjoy this matchup is such a contrast in styles. Historically, Stanford has been air raid throw 50 times a game, and Kennesaw State runs the flex. So very much like an Army and Navy uh, Harding, if you are into the D2 realm, um, or the North Platte Bulldogs, if you follow along to high school football here in Nebraska. And so just it's always interesting to see how those two teams fare against each other, if one can kind of gain the upper hand and just really run away with it because of the contrast in style. A third game that I know I'm excited for um, a little bit, maybe because of the family ties, but uh, KU hosts Tennessee Tech. Now, obviously, uh, you would hope that this game is not close. You hope that this is not much of a game at all, but that would mean that Lance Leipold's system is really starting to take off. Uh, KU had a top 25 transfer recruiting class, which I think is pretty big. Um, but 
with that being said, any sign of struggle here for KU against Tennessee Tech, who is not a very good FCS program, uh, may cause for alarm. Uh, but those are just the appetizers, if you would. Um, last weekend, I had this big, glorious plan to do a nice hamburger helper to get my Nebraska land snacks in order, get some uh, hamburger cheese dip, if you would, going. But it just kind of fell through. I, I wasn't feeling it last Saturday, and maybe that was an omen for that old Husker game that let us down. But with the slate of games that is set for Friday and Saturday, and then Sunday and then Monday with the beauty of week one in college football, there's going to be plenty of games to get that cheese dip in order. Uh, the my, my top five games to watch this weekend, um, they're in order of least exciting to most exciting. And my top five, obviously, you'd think they'd be all exciting, but not in chronological order. So I, I, I will jump around here uh, timestamp-wise a little bit. But the first game, my number five game, uh, starts off with the old sing second namesake. Uh, it's Army at Coastal Carolina. Now, obviously, Brandon and I are definitely um, Army fans. We love all things Army, Navy, Air Force throughout the year. So anytime Army's on, we're both tuning in. Coastal Carolina, I enjoy the the connection of the Army style to a more spread pro style uh, that Coastal does offensively under Jamie Chatwell. Uh, Danny, big fan of Coastal Carolina. He even he even has a Coastal Carolina hat to show he's a real fan. Uh, but to break this down a little bit, Army 9-4 and four last year with wins against Mizzou in the Armed Forces Bowl. Uh, they also beat Liberty that has uh, had a Malik Willis on it that looked pretty darn good for the Tennessee Titans in spring training. But then they had some some losses that were uncharacteristic, uh, the first one being Navy, 17-13. And that game is always a close one. Um, it doesn't matter if it's lopsided skill-wise one way or the other, which I would say was the case last year. Um, sometimes it seems like that game is more of a we play not to win or we play not to lose it rather than to take it and seize the win. Um, so they lost 17-13 there. They lost to a decent Wisconsin team, 20-14. to They lost to a Wake Forest team that I think surprised a lot of people, 70-56. to So um, defense was definitely optional and not apparent there. And they lost to Ball State, 28-16, to and kind of another head-scratcher. Uh, at the QB position last year, uh, Anderson was – their main man on the ground at quarterback and running back in that option style. He led the team in passing and rushing, um, but he's gone. And so Tyer Tyler played a lot um, with, with a ton of carries, just obviously uh, quarterback getting hit quite a bit, but we'll see if he can continue that um, offensive ways because Army has had um, a pretty good stretch under Jeff Munkin, who enters his ninth season. He's got a 96 and 59 record at Army. Uh, before Jeff Munkin, Army was not the commander in chief leader. It was always Navy. Um, Air Force sprinkled in there, here and there. But over the last nine years, it's really turned into 
Army's that number one with Air Force right behind them. The rest of the season, they've got Coastal, obviously, this week, uh, hosting UTSA, which um, will be a pretty darn good team after last year's surprising uh, 10-win season. They're at Wake Forest, and then obviously they play Air Force and Navy uh, in the Commander-in-Chief uh, bowl situation, if you would, for that title. Um, and so I have a chance to definitely go to 8-4, and four, maybe 7-5, and five, depending on how this first game goes. Now, Coastal Carolina, last year, they were 11-2 and two with wins against KU, Northern Illinois, and the Cure Bowl. Uh, they had a, a weird loss to Georgia State, and they lost at Appalachian State by three. And so their schedule definitely was not very good. Didn't have some uh, any marquee teams, like maybe like uh, Army did with Missouri, Liberty, Wake Forest, um, Wisconsin on it. And so... Coastal won the games they're supposed to win and then lost one that, you know, maybe a head scratcher in Georgia State. Appalachian State's always tough in that Sun Belt, or like we called it a couple weeks ago, the Fun Belt. Grayson McCall's back at quarterback. I feel like he's been there for five or six years now. Uh, last year he threw for 2,873 yards. Uh, running backs Bennett and White are both back. They each had 70-plus carries. Uh, Bennett had 636 yards rushing. White had 515 yards rushing. But the issue becomes at, at the receiving core. They lost their top four receivers. Now, tight end Isaiah Likely um, has really shown out for the Baltimore Ravens in, in the preseason. And so definitely lost a, a big deal through the air receiver-wise. And so someone's going to have to step up. They have a tight end by the last name of Gravette, who had five receptions for 95 yards. That is the next leading receiver who's back on this team. Uh, schedule uh, The rest of the way, their schedule, Appalachian State always looms in that fun belt, and we talked about that when we dedicated a whole episode to the fun belt. Um, and then they go to Virginia, and Virginia will be an interesting game this year without Bronco Mendenhall. Um, what will the new offense look like? Will it tailor to their pretty darn their their good quarterback? But uh, Coastal easily could be a ten win team if they take care of business. Our number four game this weekend deals with another fun belt team, uh, North Carolina at Appalachian State. This is an eleven o'clock kickoff on ESPNU. Uh, they've played two times, once in nineteen fifty five. North Carolina got the better of them there. And then in 2019, when Appalachian State won. And so North Carolina's already played this year, uh, 1-0 against Florida A&M. And it'll be interesting to really see how they move forward uh, in this post-Sam Howell era. He's, he's the guy who, at quarterback who really put North Carolina back on the football map, making it not just a football school or not just a basketball school. And now that he's gone, uh, freshman Drake May, Last week against Florida Atlantic or Florida A and M, excuse me, not Florida Atlantic, Florida A and M, the Rattlers uh, went twenty nine of thirty seven for two hundred ninety four yards and five TDs. Now that's pretty darn efficient for a true freshman. Their leading rusher was Omarion Hampton, uh, who had one hundred and one yards on fourteen carries, and their defense forced two turnovers. And I think that's going to be a key as they uh, try and stifle an Appalachian State offense that is just methodical and we'll get to them here in a minute but North Carolina the rest of the way they've got a pretty tough schedule um, and all, obviously these are all 
their preseason ranks, and they will, will definitely change as the season goes on. Uh, but they play host to Notre Dame, who's ranked number five. They go to Miami, who's number 16, which will be a tough game. They host number 17, Pitt. They go to Wake Forest. Now, obviously, Wake Forest may um, be down still. Sam Hartman, their, their quarterback who had a phenomenal year last year, but a uh, Wake team that's been much improved over the last couple of years. And then at, at the end of the year, they play – uh, North Carolina State, who's ranked 13th in the preseason. Now, luckily for North Carolina, they do not have Clemson on their schedule. And so uh, if they can make it to the ACC championship and take down uh, Clemson, now that's a pretty darn good schedule if you look just with preseason rankings. Their opponent, though, Appalachian State, is no slouch, even though they do play in that fun belt. Uh, their, their quarterback, Chase Bryce, again, much like Grayson McCall at Coastal Carolina, Feels like he's been at Appalachian State forever. Last year, he threw for 3,337 yards. Running backs, Nate Noel and Cameron Peoples, are both back from last year's team. Uh, Nate Noel had 1,100 yards rushing, and Cameron Peoples had 900 yards rushing. And so um, easily could both be 1,000 yards back if they have the same type of uh, schedule or same type of season as they did last year. Uh, Cameron Peoples is uh, a big back and he's a long strider. And so it's fun watching him explode as, as he gets into open space. Now the receiving core uh, is, is where they lack much like coastal lacked um, not quite the lack of production there. Uh, but when your quarterback is, has thrown and distributed the ball like Chase Bryce did last year, and you have two workhorse running backs, uh, back, you're going to be in good shape. The rest of the way, you know, much like Coastal, their schedule doesn't quite match up to a lot of other teams. Yes, next week they go to Texas A&M, and so that could really, depending on how week one against North Carolina goes, really show you how good of a team Appalachian State is or how how different SEC football is, especially the top, because they, they'll go to Texas A&M and then later in the season, they're at Coastal. And so um, once they get deep into the season, that Coastal game will probably decide who goes to the Sun Belt from that side of the conference. The number three game of the week is our first-ranked matchup. And that's part of the best first-week matchups is you get a bunch of non-conference-ranked opponents, much, much like basketball has done the last couple of years. And so it's number 23, Cincinnati, at number 19, Arkansas. Now, last year, Cincinnati was obviously the talk of the FBS, a non-Power 5 team making the uh, Final Four playoff. Obviously, it didn't go quite well. Um, Lost 27-6 to to Alabama. But last year, they had wins at Notre Dame and then against number 21, Houston, in, in the American Championship. Now, this is Luke Fickle's sixth year, and he's really built Cincinnati into a a group of five power. And so as they leave the American and go to the Big 12, it'll be interesting to see how that translates, how being in a bigger stage, maybe not necessarily a greater conference because the Big 12 is kind of sporadically all over the map with um, West Virginia and then adding in UCF and, and BYU, and then you lose, obviously, Oklahoma and Texas, but 
keeping Oklahoma State and Iowa State and Baylor in the fold where there's there's definitely a, some great football. Will that tradition, will that winning way that Luke Fickle is really instilled continue? Uh, moving on to this year's team, they lose Desmond Ritter, a quarterback who played phenomenal up through that Alabama game. And he's done some pretty darn good things for Atlanta in the preseason. Uh, they lost their top running back in Ford and Pierce, uh, who got drafted by the Indianapolis Colts at wide receiver. And so really all their offensive productions gone from a year before. Uh, this year, their schedule outside of Arkansas, they do go to UCF, which could be a tough game with Gus Malzahn really running the show there in, in his second year. But if Cincinnati can be competitive against Arkansas and, uh, you know, handle UCF or surprise UCF, depending on what the schedule looks like further down the line, I think Cincinnati could be another successful team but it'll be a whole different identity. And so it'll be interesting to see how they match up against an SEC foe, that is Arkansas, who may have been kind of a surprise team last year. Head coach Sam Pittman in his third year, they went 9-4. and four. Um, After years of 2-3-4 win football, and obviously um, that SEC schedule is a gauntlet, but uh, to come out 9-4 and four with a win over Texas, Texas A&M, Mississippi State and Penn State, that's pretty darn good in, in a turnaround season in a second year. They did lose to Georgia, 37-0. They lost to Ole Miss. They lost to Auburn, which um, on paper probably was a toss-up game, and then obviously losing to Bama. Now, offensively, it's like the exact opposite of Cincinnati. Their quarterback, K.J. Jefferson, is back. He had 2,676-yard passing and was also the leading rusher with 664 yards. Uh, the number three running back, Raheem Sanders, had 578 yards rushing last year. He will become the new number one back, um, but obviously he was the number two last year with K.J. Jefferson leading the way with uh, 600 yards rushing. Uh, they did lose Traylon Burks to the old Tennessee Titans, and if this was a video podcast, you'll see that my back, my uh, the wall behind me is a Tennessee Titans logo, and so... Um, watching some of his stuff from Arkansas, the top in talents there. Uh, but he dominated the receptions, the yards, all that stuff for, for Arkansas. And so Warren Thompson, their number three from last year, will have to be their new number one target unless they have some great recruiting or transfers come in. And he only had 300 yards receiving last year. And so uh, someone's really going to have to step up from Arkansas to become – a, a a deep threat to alleviate some of the pressure on the run game. Now, this schedule for Arkansas is nothing to to gripe about, or not <laughs> that might be the exact opposite. It's something to gripe about because they play number twenty three Cincinnati. South Carolina will be much improved uh, with a transfer quarterback. Number six Texas A and M. They host number one Alabama. They go to BYU, who, as we move forward through the next two two games, you'll see BYU a few, uh, BYU a few times. So BYU really stacking the schedule before they jump into the Big 12 here. And then they host number 21 Ole Miss. And so one, two, three, four, five, five ranked games at the start of the season 
is no slouch of a game. So Arkansas really want to get it off on the right foot against a Cincinnati team who will be trying to identify its new identity. Our number two game of the week is the Chick-fil-A kickoff bowl. Uh, it's 2.30 at um, ABC. It's number 11, Oregon, at Georgia. Now, not technically at Georgia. It's a neutral site game, but it takes place in Atlanta, so pretty much at Georgia. And so Oregon had a heck of an offseason. New head coach Dan Lanning uh, coming over from Georgia as a defensive coordinator when Mario Cristobal left Oregon to to go back to Miami. Uh, New offensive coordinator Kenny Dillingham was the quarterback coach at Auburn when Bo Nix was the quarterback at Auburn when he was the freshman of the year in in the SEC. And so Oregon's QB situation has been interesting the last few years. They've had quarterbacks transfer in. Quarterbacks transfer out. Quarterbacks transfer in. Quarterback transfer out. Really, uh, since Justin Herbert left a few years ago, it's kind of been a revolving door with very little consistency. And so, Anthony Brown transferred in from Boston College. Left. Now he graduated, and now we enter Bo Nix. And so, Bo Nix reuniting with that quarterback coach Kenny Dillingham hopes to rekindle some of those. Um, some of those successes that he had at Auburn in a conference that does not have the top end talent like the SEC in the Pac-12. Their number three running back, Byron Cardwell, will need to step up. He had 400 yards rushing last year. He'll probably get a bigger slice of the carries this year as C.J. Verdell and their other number high quality running back have graduated. Uh, They do have their number two uh, receiver back, though, Chris Hudson, who had 400 yards receiving. Last year's schedule, they were 10-4. and They had a win at Ohio State early in the year when Ohio State looked like a shell of itself before really catching on. But they did lose to Utah twice when they were ranked 23rd and then when they were ranked 17 in the Pac-12 championship. Uh, They lost to OU in a bowl game and a Stanford loss that definitely – uh, kind of was a head scratcher at the time. Their 2022 schedule, they host number 25 BYU. There's that second mention of BYU, and then they will host uh, Utah, who's preseason ranked number seven. Now, on the other side of this coin is the defending national champion, Georgia Bulldogs. Last year, they went 14-1. and one. They beat number three Clemson in the opening weekend in this game, 10-3 to three in a defensive battle, where uh, DJU Lungalo away. That's my best uh, pronunciation there. If he didn't throw a pick, that game may still be going on tied because the defenses dominated that much. They beat number eight, Arkansas. They beat number 18, Auburn. They beat number 11, Kentucky. They beat number two, Michigan. And they beat number one, Alabama. Uh, They did have that one loss to Alabama by uh, who was ranked number three at the time in the SEC championship but then obviously won the game that mattered most that national championship after Alabama had a few receivers go down uh, with leg injuries. Stetson Bennett is back at quarterback after throwing 2,800 yards. Uh, their number three running back, Kenny McIntosh, will have to take over the reins because Zamir White and James Cook both got drafted. Um, both will have long careers in the NFL because of their athleticism. Um, obviously, you don't – 
become a two-headed monster in the SEC without being top-tier talent. So uh, Kenny McIntosh is really going to have to step up, but behind a very good offensive line and a quarterback who knows how to put um, his team in position to win, he should be able to do that right away. Now their leading receiver was a true freshman last year. And so as a true sophomore this year, uh, tight end Brock Bowers is going to hopefully continue this monstrous run he had last year as a true freshman. And this guy did not look like a true freshman. This guy looked like he came out of a, a lab or something. Uh, he had 882 yards receiving as a true freshman in the best conference in football. Uh, but this year, looking at their schedule, if they get through this game unscathed, Georgia should be in a prime spot to snag an SEC championship berth and snag one of those top four playoff spots because they're already ranked number three, so they just have to maintain. They go to Kentucky. Not a basketball school only. They've been playing good football. And then they host Florida, who, you know, Florida hasn't been bad, but they are on the same level as Alabama or Georgia. And so if they just navigate and, and take care of business, Georgia's schedule does not look like a lot of the other SEC teams. Now, granted, they don't have to play Georgia because they are Georgia, so that will obviously alleviate some some issues, but they don't have Texas A&M. They don't have Alabama. And so definitely um, the schedule to make a repeat run potentially. And then our most, at least for me, my must-watch game this week for week one is a 6.30 kickoff on ABC, so we'll roll right after this Oregon-Georgia game. Number five, Notre Dame, and number two, Ohio State. A true road game for Notre Dame to start the year. Uh, last year, they were 11-2. and two. They had a good win at number 18, Wisconsin at the time. They lost to Cincinnati, which I think really put Cincinnati on the, on the map, and then lost to number nine, Oklahoma State, in the bowl game. Now, in the offseason... Brian Kelly, who had been at Notre Dame for quite some time, made a an interesting move and decided to leave Notre Dame for LSU. And so step in Marcus Freeman, who had been the defensive coordinator at Notre Dame. But it's not like he had been there very long, maybe two seasons at the most. And so usually when you see a, an internal hire, it's a guy who had been there forever. Um, and you think of some of the more recent internal hi- internal hires, uh, you maybe think of Jimbo Fisher at Florida State where he took over for Bowden because that's the way it was going to be before he left for Texas A&M. But before he was the do- defensive coordinator at Notre Dame, he was the defensive coordinator at Cincinnati and really jump-started that turnaround for Cincinnati when Luke Fickle got there. This year, they play, they play host to number 25, BYU. They host number four, Clemson, and at the end of the year, they go to number 14, USC. And so Notre Dame plays their cards right under first-year head coach Marcus Freeman. They may be playing for that at-large bid into the old four-team playoff. Last year's quarterback, Tyler Buckner, is back, um, got hurt during the year. Number two rusher. Not very many passing yards because of that injury. So he'll be back, ready to roll. Uh, Logan Diggs, who is their third leading leading rusher, looks to have a bigger role after only having 203 yards rushing last year. Uh, Their starting tight end, Michael Mayer, 
is back. He was their number two receiver. He'll be their number one target probably. He had 840 yards receiving, so he rivals that Brock Bowers from Georgia as tight ends who are not just blocking backs but looking to find the end zone, gain those deep threat yards. And they go up against number two, Ohio State, who, for the most part, is intact from last year. Yes, they lost two receivers, Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson, who were studs, but they may return the best receiver in the nation, who, as a freshman, as the number four receiver, was putting up ridiculous numbers. Then became the number three receiver, who was outshining first-round and second-round draft picks. And so um, look for Ohio State to continue with the crazy offensive numbers that they really have put up the last few years. Last year, Ohio State went 11-2. and two. They beat number 20, Penn State, number 19, Purdue, number 7, Michigan State, and number 11, Utah. And so some marquee wins there. Uh, Michigan State, obviously, was on a roll before they hit Ohio State. Penn State and Purdue, ranked 20 and 19th, um, were earlier in the year, but definitely – Ranked times, ranked wins at the at the time. They did lose week two to Oregon, uh, which was kind of a head scratcher because they they couldn't find any rhythm. And then the last game of the year, Michigan beat them. Um, the first time in a long time, Michigan beat Ohio State. So uh, Michigan ended up in the um, in the Big Ten championship instead of Ohio State. Now this year they play number eighteen Wisconsin. They go to number 15, Michigan State, and then they'll host number eight, Michigan, at the end of the year. Like I mentioned earlier, their high-powered offense, they return quarterback Heisman hopeful C.J. Stroud, who threw for 4,400 yards. They return their starting running back, Travion Henderson, who rushed for 1,248 yards. He will also be a true sophomore. And so as a freshman, he was running all over places. Now, as a sophomore, he'll be even better. And then, like I alluded to earlier, they may have the best wide receiver in the nation in Jackson Smith and Jigba, who had a crazy 1,600 yards receiving. And so he'll be back to add to those stats um, and a very high-powered offense that will not bow down to any defense, especially in the Big Ten probably this year. And so those are my five games to watch with a few teasers, maybe sprinkle in as appetizers going forward. Uh, football is back Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. There's games, there's highlights all through. It's a beautiful time to be a football fan, especially a college football fan, as the preseason for the NFL is over. Teams had to make cuts today by 4 p.m., and now they're moving into that week off before the season gets going uh, next Sunday or I guess next next Thursday, and then week one, th- Thursday, and Sunday as uh, the college football season moves into week two and week three. And so it's a fun time to be a football fan here in America. Maybe not so much the Midwest as Nebraska, but teams are lining up to start their year. Teams are getting ready to play their second, uh, their second game of the year and really vying for the opportunity to be singing second. <laughs>